uh, and I can I can do some editing afterwards too for volume, so don't worry about that. Um, hey everyone, welcome. Uh, this is Game Busters. We're back, baby. Almost. This is like um, <laughs> Game Busters are flick luster. Would you say uh, this is yeah flick busters? This is flick busters. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look. Okay, this is a video game show. Uh, okay, I'm. <laughs> So we haven't look. I'll also we haven't done a regular episode of the podcast in like maybe a month and a half. Okay, <laughs> S- sue us. This is free content, and uh, because of the holidays and stuff, uh, scheduling has been difficult. We'll probably be back to normal in in January. But thank you guys for for sticking with us. Um, if you want to listen to this, is sort of like going to be like maybe a shorter, like shittier format of our show. So um, buckle in, please. <laughs> Um, we're just going to do a, a spoiler cast episode today talking about uh, Arcane now that the dust has sort of settled. Um, you know, maybe the, the the hype of the immediacy of it all has, has maybe like been allowed to settle and we can kind of take a look at it. Um, so I am joined, of course, uh, as always, by my uh, my Amazonian co-host, Alyssa. That's me. Is that your catchphrase now? Uh, I stole it from Jinx. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I, I, I know the gift. I've used it many times. Um, and uh, we're also joined today by Neron. Hey. Hey, should we just call you that? Yeah, yeah, that's my real name. Okay, then we should do that. And then um, we're also joined by Michelle. Hi, everyone. Um, and now everyone, uh, just to, to introduce yourselves... Um, you know, why don't, why don't we, why don't we just like kind of uh, go around, uh, what, what is your, um, hmm, what should we say here to, to kind of intro? Um, hmm. Does anyone, do any of you guys play League of Legends? I know Alyssa does sometimes. Yeah, I do on occasion. Um, I'm, but I'm at like level 31. Don't, don't laugh at me. All right. I don't know. Level 31. That sounds, <laughs> I mean, well, that sounds impressive to me. So yeah, I played as well. I'm a way higher level. <laughs> But um, I mainly play with friends, not really alone ever. Yeah, that playing alone is a scary concept in that game. It really is. It is. All right, mm-hmm. everyone, name your favorite League of Legend. <laughs> I play Lux the most, so I have to say Lux. Man, put me on the spot. I I play a lot of mid and support. Probably Ari, Morgana, and Gwen, and like Vex, the new one of the newest ones. She's just right up my alley so all of those are my favorites okay um, well very in theme for the show but my favorite character is actually echo so Ooh. Yeah. Nice. they did um, him so well at the show yeah this is, a bad, this is a bad kiss. intro question i don't know what any of these things are um <laughs> so what's uh, your favorite league character <laughs> my favorite league of legend is uh probably one of the guys from the show i would think um <laughs> maybe <laughs> Perhaps. Um, perhaps. But um, I'm trying to think if I know literally any of them that are not... Um, who's the one with, like, the bow and arrow that shoots light? Ash, maybe? It's Ash, yeah. She was, like, one of the starter characters, and so I think that was the character that I played in, like, the two games I have played. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That's all my characters. Um, so I think that... Just to kind of ease us into this, and and maybe you pitch it to me. Okay, my hi, I'm I'm walking. You guys, you three are in our boardroom. Okay, um, you have you have come up with a, an idea for a TV show about League of Legends, and I am I am a shitty Netflix executive. Okay, and I I don't know anything about League of Legends except for my bad dumb son plays it, and I hate I hate him for it. 
Um, I hate everything about it. Uh, so I, I come in, I sit in the boardroom, and uh, I, need, I need you guys to, to pitch me on this show. Why? Why? Uh, and, and this is more for our listeners, though. Like, if uh, if I'm somebody who, like many people, just absolutely abhors League of Legends and wants literally nothing to do with it, how how would you pitch this show to me? Because I because like it it is something that I think like those people, including myself, would love. Like, how, how could you? How would you do that? Well, you absolutely don't need to like League of Legends to watch the show and appreciate it for the masterpiece that it is. Um, I don't now, know, what about he... my dumb son? What about your dumb son? Well, His name's Jake. Oh, well, maybe you should love your son a little more and maybe you should go see a therapist about that. But uh... yeah, I got to agree with that one. Uh, poor Jake, man. Like, what's he doing? Did you shove him into the basement? And that's why he plays League all the time? Like, He yeah. stole all my credit like, cards. Oh, I see. <laughs> to buy, no, to not play. to buy the RP. <laughs> so he's the one that writes in. And yeah. Says, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, I, I really feel like anybody can really like Arcane for a couple of different reasons, right? I think, one, the storytelling is just so good. And it, it expands for those people like Jake, right? That they've already learned to know and love the characters. Mm-hmm. And playing, especially because it's been ten years, right? Right, it's the the show has been in production for a hot minute, but it it's already there. There's already that fan base there. There's like hundreds of thousands, millions of players out there that play League of Legends. Um, so you already have those people coming in, and then just the art, right? Like all of the artists, yeah, insane. Yeah. It's such a okay. beautiful show. Okay, now. Um, that there's now my son tells me there's like a lot of deep lore is that something that i need to to care about absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i don't know i didn't know anything about league lore before arcane i like, think most people who play lore don't know anything about the lore yeah yeah they just That's see the new characters true. like they have like those intro videos and they're like ah it's a broken character i'm not going to touch them until they're you know nerfed um that's i I feel like that's usually what it is because there's a lot to read up if you ever go onto like the the league of legends site and everything and then there's like the wikis that are created those things go on for like pages Mm -hmm. of like actual or like victor for example has a ton of lore um but yeah i'm a lore monster and i i was just very intimidated by the amount of characters that are in the game i don't know how many of them actually have like deep fleshed out lore i imagine at least most of them have like at least like a semi-decent bio but uh I, I know there is definitely like people out there who are very very interested in the lore for the game i imagine it's a lot of just super fans is i mean i would say the same for like some of my other games that i play like i'm super into the lore for like overwatch or apex at this point all right so what i what i want to say is like if, what can you tell me tell me what this story is about without rely, without relying on any league of legends stuff what is the story what is this a story about how do we start this i mean it's complex <laughs> it, it's it's pretty complex but you can definitely say that you can now give me give me the give me the pitch line like here i'll do it i'll be i'll be the other person <laughs> in the boardroom hey it's me Mirif. i'm here to join you guys oh who's this guy george is so late in the meeting no don't worry sir i've got this um this uh so to me uh the way i've I, the way i did sell somebody i i did have a friend who like just fucking hates league of legends as he should and um i was like trying to sell this this show to him and i was like this this is a like simply put this is a story about two sisters who 
continually find their way back to each other as the world does everything it can to tear them apart. Mm-hmm. And over and over again, to the point of uh, them being against each other, them working together, but all of it centers around this extremely personal relationship between the two of them. And I think that's what makes the story so fascinating is because it doesn't like try to be this like gigantic, like Game of Thrones esque thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, where there's like all these different yet, plot lines you have to keep track of like yes not yet exactly it's like because <laughs> um, like it's it centers the story around a very personal relationship that like we can all like relate to to some degree like you know and mm-hmm. it really really just um it, it it the story might as well not even be about league of legends for the first season you know what i mean oh for sure yeah i mean like you don't have to literally don't have to know anything about the game or the characters to be able to get into it yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's that's kind of my pitch for it. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I think I'm going to green like this. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Um, and uh, does anyone else want to pitch anything else for Netflix while we're in the room here? Well, I think the world of having these two cities that have completely different... Um, well, there's this huge class divide, right, between these two cities. And I think it's a very yeah. important part of the story how yeah, it's, these it's different definitely... characters are affected by this constant struggle, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like a really, really like a straight or uh, like a like front facing theme in this, like the, the struggles and the class divide and everything. Like, especially you see with uh, um, Vi and uh, fucking what's her name, Caitlin. Caitlin's yeah, Caitlin's relationship. Like, they do a great job of having these two these two characters like in an almost like in a, like Aladdin Jasmine sort of way, <laughs> like kind of like draw a line between like the, the, like the upper class and the lower class and like how, how they, uh, they interact with each other and with other people, um, which I think is like really fascinating and, and really well done. Um, I also feel like that's just a timeless concept. Um, and I don't want to say trope because it, it is a trope, but it's not because you can a- apply it to any type of uh, plot line or situation. And it's always a topic of conversation. Um, and I think they, they explored it really well to not to also not belittle either side too much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally know what you mean. Like, cause there's, there's also something to like Caitlin's story too of like you know coming up in this world not not understanding what you know she has and what other people don't have you know and and um it's not like you know like oh because she grew up like wealthy like she's a bad person you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not like that's not what it is and yeah it's 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 cool that they do take the time to kind of like address that like I think the um I think the other themes are like kind of like I really like the uh, uh, like I said like I think the story like centers around like the whole like relationship between between Jinx and and Vi about like you know like what what is it that like what are you willing to do for your family sort of a thing mm-hmm. and like um but like I I really like the whole story that um like Jace had going like concurrently like it was it was also like very fascinating and like testing the limits of like what like what we can and should do with science you know Mm -hmm. um like just because we can do this does that mean we should um and i I don't know i I think that was like a really cool theme for the show to like to follow alongside it because it like um it it felt very different but like also very very um like it it connected really well 
But anyway, I'm, I'm talking too much. We should leave this boardroom now. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jen- 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 Jenkins. Jenkins? Okay, yeah, Mr. Jenkins. Perhaps Jenkins. <laughs> uh, his voice keeps changing because I keep forgetting what I did the last time. Um, but anyway, um, let's, let's scurry on out. So... Uh, the way I thought that we might structure this is, and any of y'all can please step in any time and kind of get a conversation going, but um, to kind of focus on the different um, uh, character arcs that, that some of these characters go through and like uh, just because I, I think the thing that we'll, you know, we'll talk about like the animation and the music and stuff later, but like just to, to first focus on the storytelling, like what, which characters like story like grabbed you the most? That's a hard one. It's a really hard it one. Really is. <laughs> they all have such good stories. Like the, I think one of the strongest parts of the show is how well it weaves together so many different stories. Like I think obviously Vi and Jinx are kind of like at the center of it because they kind of both represent the two sides that are at play here. But um, like there are what? How many? Let's see. One, two, three, four. I think at least five different storylines going on pretty much at any given time. So it's, it's, it's just, it's really cool in that way. Uh, But my favorite storyline or favorite character, I guess that the show might be centered around at any point. I don't know about you, but I really liked Vander's. I really loved Vander's, Vander's story. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm I'm getting over a cold, so I'm going to keep just getting emotional. Yeah, (laughs) no, you're good. I'm just coughing into the mic, trying to mute myself every time I start coughing. Um, but Vander's story, I think, was very appealing to me. Just like the first scene you see in the show is like Baby Vi and Baby Jinx walking onto like you know the bridge between uh between Zahn and uh, uh, Piltover, and uh, it's it was just a very very like gut wrenching scene because they find their parents like obviously like dead like laying and laying on the bridge after having fought with the enforcers from Piltover, and. Vander is the one there to kind of just like, I don't know, ease their pain and kind of try and, and take them away from the situation and then become sort of a father figure for them. Um, I want to see more of his backstory because we obviously we get like a little, we get like bits and pieces of it, but his story along with, um, oh my God, why am I, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, the villain with the Silco? eye. Silco? Silco, there we go. Silco. So hi- the way him and Silco, I think, like, counteract each other was really, really, just, like, really fun to watch. Um, I I mean, I know I'm, we've all seen this. At least, at least I hope that people that are listening to this have seen it or not, just, like, depending on, like, getting an understanding of the show by listening to this. But uh, when Van, I mean, obviously we see Vander die, right? Uh I'm subscribing to the idea that he's coming back as Warwick because I mean we did see like a little bit of uh, like a, a screenshot at the very end of the show uh, where where Singed is like kind of working on a, a body of some sort that kind of looks like a wolf. So I'm I'm subscribed to the idea that he's Warwick, but uh, I'm very excited to see how that plays out once we see the show again. But otherwise, I think just like showing the kind of like soft but strong person that he became despite like appealing or appearing to have like a very rough like uh youth with silco mm-hmm. i don't know I, I just like what he became despite like everything that he's been through because like obviously their approaches to like dealing with piltover like his and silco's were very different and i mean in the end silco's was the one that like brought about change or at least like was going to but vander i think also had like a good approach that just like wouldn't 
that might have had the chance to thrive if Silco hadn't like fucked him over. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, can I say quickly, if this had been a long <clears throat> action thing, then uh, Vander definitely would have been played by Liam Neeson. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I knew that. I could see that. I could agree. Um, yeah. Anyway, Michelle, sorry I cut you off. No, you're good. No, no, no. Um, one thing I, I was going to add on to that, too. I mean, Vander's not my favorite character. I'll get to that later. But like. Whoa. <laughs> Michelle slams Vander right here. I'm not slamming him. All I have to say is I adored his character. I I, I agree, though. We wish we could have seen more. Unfortunately, his time was cut real short. Um, Within, what was it, like the... the Three episodes. Yeah, Yeah, the first three episodes. Um, And, like, the the thing that kind of grasped me, too, like, you were mentioning, uh, Alyssa, the the opening scene. All of what you described, the, the craziest thing about it there was no dialogue, absolutely yep. nothing. And yet you can just tell that that character, although he had just roughed up all of these guards, presumably by himself at that point, right? Because everyone else was down on the ground. He has that tenderness to pick up these two orphan <laughs> girls and again, become their father figure. They, they'd, had, they'd had parents and he became both of them in the span of like, 15 25 seconds it took him to look between the two of them her par- their parents right and and back mm-hmm. and since that moment he picked those two up he picked up you know all of the other kids and he protected them like he was about to go to jail like and never come back for them yeah like, it's just it's heart-wrenching to to see him you know his his story presumably end right at that point but mm-hmm. he went out with a bang also I don't. None of you are like intending on going to the arcade event, right, in LA? What? I and I want to like talk about it just real quick. But like, if, if any of you are planning on going, I'm not going to talk about it. What is what is the event? I don't understand what you're yeah, saying. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a live event happening in LA. I think for like another like week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, where you it's basically an escape room, but it's like arcade themed, and um, it's in like a warehouse in LA. Uh, I flew out there last weekend to go do it, but again, if anyone, if either, if any of the four of you, or three of you are planning on going, let me know. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but um, the first scene, like the first thing you do when you walk into the um, the warehouse, is you obviously. You, so we get talked to by like an enforcer character, and they like gr- lay out the ground rules and whatever. But before you actually go into the warehouse, you go into this room that is like super fogged up. Um, it's made to look like the bridge. So it feels like you're walking onto the bridge in the first scene. And then they have actors play out the first like act of the show on the bridge. Wow. <laughs> and dude, that shit fucked me up. I, I was like, <laughs> I was crying. I was like, I was, I was not prepared to like, ha- like, I thought I was going into this like to like role play with like Undercity type characters and like, like just like have a good time. But I walked in and just got like punched in the gut. That shit hurt so much, but it was so good. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even begin to explain how just like how well that was. Uh, I guess like that event was designed in that way. Just like, because it, the bridge scene, I think is one of the most impactful scenes like in the show because it's a place they go back to like multiple times. Um, but yeah, that was that was my favorite part of the arcade event itself. But uh, again, also at the show, it's still probably going to remain one of my favorite like locations in the show. Mm. It has a okay. lot of power for sure. Um, yeah, um, that sounds cool. Um, I I don't think that I would go to LA for it, but it sounds neat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm 
fortunately I have friends out there, so I was able to like swing it, but Yeah, sure. <laughs> um okay, cool. Um well yeah, uh Neron, what what kind of was uh, which which characters or which arc kind of like struck with you like struck a chord with you the most? Because um, on, on our Discord, you did change your profile picture to Silco. Yeah, nice. you could probably guess who my favorite character was based on that. Um, yeah, I really like Silco. I love how he kind of has these two sides. Um, like he's always, he's obviously the antagonist, and he's like your typical, um, always in control, always really calm, always cool, always knows what's happening. But then mm-hmm. when it comes to Jinx, he kind of. This father-daughter bond that I established over the show, I think, works really well. Um, and like at first, it feels very manipulative. But I think as the show progresses, it becomes clearer that he genuinely cares for her. And I think that makes for a very heartbreaking finale for his character in the end. Mm-hmm. When he has to yeah. decide between the nation of Zon, the, the thing that he's always been working for his entire life, and the one person that actually means something to him. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I, I I really loved the relationship they set up. It it actually reminded me a lot of um, Cersei from Game of Thrones. Um, like, cause she, I don't know, she, the, this character reminded me of her because, like, by all by all other accounts, like this, uh, this character is like pretty despicable. Like, they they will kind of do whatever they need to to get what they want, except. When, when it comes to their children, like, um, and like, you know, you can, and he, you can see, like he said at the end, he literally is willing to give up the world for, for his daughter. Like, um, and it's like the, the love that he has for her is like his one, like, you know, redeeming quality almost, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit of a sad story, but it makes the character just like a lot more interesting than if he's just like, honestly, like I thought like at the end that, uh, like so when when i was watching it like i thought at the end that he was like gonna gonna give her up for control and i was like oh that's gonna suck like that's really gonna like that that's kind of not like the theme that i wanted to them to to run with from this and then like when he didn't i was like so like impressed i was like wow they like really i loved how much they committed to this character and like he feels a little bit more real because of it rather than more like a movie character you know mm-hmm. yeah i can i can see the complexity with him and that like he he is I guess like his motivations are kind of um, made weak by by Jinx because he loves her. Um, the scene where he is talking to Vander's statue, I think, like really highlights how much like he actually like is a father figure to Jinx. Like in the beginning, I was definitely kind of weirded out by the relationship because I thought it was uh, in. It was supposed to be interpreted to be like romantic or like sexual in some way, but I'm glad that it like kind of like divided. Yeah, it definitely does. The first two moments are a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They make it a little bit too intimate. I think, (laughs) like, just in the way that I think they're trying to fake you out a little bit at the beginning. Um, But I think in the end we do see like that he does love her, and I mean it doesn't definitely doesn't negate all of the terrible things that he did, and it doesn't negate that he manipulates her a lot, and he manipulated her quite often. But I mean, he still loved her. Does yeah, dad. No, no, exactly. And like, I, I also really like that his uh, his motivations are like he's, or I guess the theme that they kind of like strive for with this this whole story is that like he does come to the realization that like love makes you weak, and then consciously makes the decision to be weak. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, I think is like a really beautiful thing. I, I love when stories kind of hit that. Like the yes, like you will become weak and vulnerable by like letting by letting someone into your heart, and like, isn't that a better way to live? Like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. So that yeah, I, I agree. He's like a really really compelling uh, antagonist. Like, I mean, I guess I'd call him a villain too, but I, I think he's just a much more layered villain than we're used to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, he saw Jinx as himself when he was younger and he how he was kind of like obsessed with that idea of rebirth. Um, I yeah. think he, he just wanted that for her. He wanted that so badly for her that I think he was willing to do anything to uh, like, I guess, to make her be a different person than what she was. Because I think like he saw like when she was young, she was weak. He was probably very young or weak when he was young as well until he had that altercation with Vander. Um but yeah. yeah, I, uh, I want to turn the conversation to the science bros. Because <laughs> um, I actually really found, um, I found Victor's like story specifically to be really interesting. Um, Thank you. He was a lot more compelling than Jace. Best to be boy. I liked, well, I liked Jace a lot too. Like I liked, he, he had a different, you know, he had a different kind of story they were telling about he him. He had moments where I just fucking hated him. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No, like, I, I, <laughs> I, think I, I, I mean, point, I no, no, yeah. because you, just because you hate him doesn't mean it's like a bad part of the story though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I just like, I really like found it. Um, I found him like somewhat like more relatable, I guess, than Jace just being that like Jace is a hard character to relate to because he's just like this like superstar, like a good looking genius man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like everybody loves him immediately. Um, and then like, you know, there's like just just as important to the whole thing is is Victor who's kind of like behind the scenes. He's like, you know, the guy at the at the desk. <laughs> and um, I don't know, like his his little little story about like you know um getting uh getting like lost when he was a kid i found that like whole thing to be like really like scary to me like i don't know like when you know when he like found the um i don't remember what the older man's name was um cinched yeah that's was that his name yeah this the scary science man in the cave <laughs> um like that whole thing was like really like uh, like man if you found that as a kid that would be pretty traumatizing i think mm-hmm. but in addition to like him, you know, becoming, uh, you know, crippled or, or you know, whatever. Well, it wasn't that. What, what what happened to him exactly? It's like legs or something. Well, or... I mean, like he was born crippled, I think, and then he had like lung issues from breathing in the gases from the. Oh, it was the lung yeah. issues. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I kind of, um, man. I think probably the most like, maybe maybe not maybe not the most, but one of the most emotional points in the whole show for me was when that. Um, I can't. I've forgotten her name, but the Sky? the the girl who was working there at the the lab was Sky. like disintegrated. <laughs> Fucking like, I think I like dropped like a tear or two. I was just like, holy <laughs> shit! Like that like yeah. hit me very very hard. I was like, fucking hell! Like, and do you know the little girl that was um playing in the I guess like the waterfall area with like little kid Victor was her. No, <laughs> it hurts yes. that much what? more knowing yes. she was there. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. When I when I saw that <laughs> scene no, and I like you. flashed back to her death, I was like, oh no, honey, no, no. no. <laughs> like I had, I actually, I kid you not, I paused the show and I was like, I need a second. I need to go get <laughs> yeah. some tea to calm myself because. And, and the thing that's worse about it, too, is that you know that he has – he's going to live with that guilt for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's going to continue to crush him over oh, and over I, and over again. And it, 
Sorry. I just want to protect him. You know, I want to protect. Okay. Okay. Oh, I want to also note the like the moments in the show. The one where like Jace is about to like kill himself, and the one where Victor is about to kill himself. Mm. And in both situations, the other like steps in and like makes a jip at them or something, and is like it just it just ah, those, those scenes just like they parallel each other so well. They really do. <sighs> yeah. I have to agree with that. Yeah, it. it I I remember looking back at like the whole like story of like him and and Jason like the professor like yoda or whatever it was called um <laughs> heimerdinger um, for yoda <laughs> professor yoda i i like what this show was like fucking two months ago give me a break um you haven't wa- you haven't rewatched it like five times no i haven't <laughs> sorry sorry um, <laughs> no but like their, their whole thing it, it does make you wonder because like i do at the beginning like of course like probably most people i was like this this fucking little elf guys trying to hold us back we're, we're, we're on the fucking cutting edge here we can do something good here and like it makes you wonder like because they, they it does a really good job of like making it like a slippery slope of them with their their advances with the uh the hex tech of like where do you stop because like it does it, fe- it it feels like you are doing the right thing and you're doing it for the right reasons until it just isn't you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and it's like should they have listened to him in the first place or was he like actually just like you know, an old guy holding back like progress, etc. And like, look how many people's lives have, have become better. And like, how many, you know, can we can we do more? Because like, I feel like it would be very easy to get sucked into that same same mindset. And I don't really it's almost like I don't blame them too much for like, most of most of what happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think their motivations like because Jason and Victor both had different motivations for what they were doing. Um I mean, I think they were both, they always wanted to change the world in some capacity, but, like, in the second or third, it knows the third act. Once, like, Victor knows that he's dying, it becomes more of a motivation to save himself. But also, I mean, like, because I know he did everything he wanted, that like, he did, because he wanted the Undercity to be better. Um, but for Jace, I think all he really wanted, I mean, like, he wanted progress, obviously, and he wanted to use magic to, um, to help Piltover, but I don't think he thought too much about everybody that was, like, you know, involved, like, including the people, like, in Zon or the Undercity. So, like, it's, their motivations were different, but they still, like, converged in some ways. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just feel, I feel um, Victor's motivations to be a lot more, like, I can have a lot more sympathy towards them. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I, and I think a lot of it, again, comes from the fact that he's, he's kind of a more relatable character. Like, yeah. um but I, I did really like I, I think I didn't like Jace very much at first, but like kind of once they, they got into it a little bit and he like kind of was fleshed out a little more. I was like, OK, like, you know, I, I like I like following this guy. I want to see what happens. But um, I remember like the first time they shifted over him. I was like, no, go back to Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody True. was like, go back, go back. We don't want to don't care about, you know, pretty boy over here. I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel that. And I think one thing that I kind of want to like go a little bit back towards was Victor, right? Like, like you said, he became kind of selfish and self-serving towards the end. I think a part of what drove him to that point also was after he saw Singed, right? And got that, um, Oh God, what is it? I can't even remember what it's called. The lizard. Shimmer. Shimmer, yeah. Big lizard. No, no, no. The shimmer, the, the purple liquid, the, the oh, oh, at the end. Yeah. So Uh he goes, 
Kisinj, he gets the shimmer. And I think he's he's contemplating it for a really long time. But the moment that Jace says those people and basically says that Victor is just as bad as anyone in Zon, that's the turning point for Victor. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't care anymore. You know, screw you, Jace. I'm going to do this for me. And, and that's where he loses himself. Mm-hmm. Um to the progress, yeah. you know, and his his glorious revolution, which I'm excited for in future seasons. Please, um, revolution. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Um, but like, I, I think that was his turning point, and it, it hurts because you see the pain in Victor's eyes, and the only time you see it get better is after he's used Shimmer. He gets to run for the first time ever. It's such a good scene. I oh cried. Yeah. Such I a cried. good scene. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, two, two things the first thing the the part where he's about to jump and kill himself and then yeah. like doesn't like like fucking that was amazing that was an amazing scene oh, yeah. and I'm just like fucking like sitting on the edge of my seat just like eyes 18 like dilated 18 centimeters <laughs> do you and mean like the first scene with jace and the second scene with victor the the scene with where victor's like sitting uh-huh. on the ledge there and mm. he's like with that book or whatever and he's like <laughs> looking down like and he's like about to jump and then jace mm-hmm. like wanders by Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing is that I am on the wiki page for Victor right now, and the last note under trivia is, despite being heavily augmented, Victor still enjoys drinking sweet milk. So what a relatable guy, truly. I, what a relatable guy. I love guy. him. I love him so much. He needs to be protected, and anybody that says otherwise deserves to be punched. I'm sorry. I will also note, boy. by Victor saving himself, like, in that moment, like, I remember the scene where Jace is, like, Obviously, like, you know, talking about how like the undercity is bad and all the people there are dangerous. Yeah, that's like that's like the way they okay, the way they use the camera work in that where Jace is looking right at the camera, but when they pan to Victor and he's kind of looking off center, it's very aggressive, and they they make it show like how like kind of like aggressive and like negative that those feelings Jace was feeling about the undercity were. But I think that also motivated Victor. I mean, obviously he wants to save himself, but like I think he knows at that point Jace isn't going to care about anyone in the undercity. He might say that he does, but I don't think he. I think he knows that he doesn't really truly care. So I think that yeah. might have also been a motivator to try and better himself, and then like be able to actually help the people from where he's from. Which, oh God. Uh, what's Victor? So what is what is Homegirl's name? The Mel. The one? Do you mean Mel? Uh, is that the girl from the, the the? She's like on the council. The yeah. The, the, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The her name's Mel, right? You said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I liked her. I liked her a lot because I like I think the show did a good job of like having me as the watcher do like a complete misread on her character at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I like because I, I I really like the first half of the show. She like came off as just like being like completely like manipulative to like the point that she was like going to create this like, you know, romantic relationship with him just like to use him, you know, and everything. And like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting as you get farther into the show, because like, while that is still true, like she does also still like, like care about him. You know what I mean? Like her, it's, it's interesting because to her, like Jace's like aptitude and ability and, and fame and potential are all things that she like genuinely loves about him and things that she wants for herself from him, but also like loves the other things about him too. And I really that that character really struck me because like it it's like one of those things where it's like real people are that complex, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. 
And like, I was like that, that's like not something that you usually see from like a TV show where like, um, I, do, I feel like I just feel I, I guess I'm saying like I feel like in any other TV show she would have just been this like manipulative conniving woman who was like trying to use Jace the entire time and then just gets you know like you know whatever at the end but I mean they they developed her out in such a natural way that like I was like I under, I like I understand and like I also like sympathize with her a little bit especially like bringing her mom in who sucks and like <laughs> Her mom's kind of badass, though. Also, she gets her own little uh, little twink from Piltover. <laughs> yeah, I kind of love her mom, to be honest. I do, too. I think she's cool as fuck. She's so rude. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> she's a girl boss. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. I mean, no, but- I mean, here's the thing. Now that we bring up Mel's mom, just even the thing is, you can see a lot of Mel in her mom, too because she's very much learned how to be a little bit manipulative from her mom. And that's how yeah. she was able to get Jace on her side and to kind of do whatever she wanted, the way she kind of like enticed him to continue to work with the council members in a way that, you know, basically they'll do whatever he says at that point. And it's, it's kind of insane if you think about it, because not only did she basically get him a spot on the council to also do her bidding, she, they got rid of Heimerdinger, the one person that was, you know, flying, you know, fighting them. And that's just what her mom would have done if she was on the council, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's interesting to see the way that, that she's becoming her mom, even though that's the one thing she doesn't want to be. And I think she kind of realizes that towards the end. And it's really, really interesting to see that with her. Yeah. I think she is actively trying not to be her, her mom, but the only way for her to, I think she's also at the same time realizing that the the only way in in this world for her to become independent from her mother is to act like her mother almost. Mm, yeah. Um, which I is a, she's yeah. sorry. Go on. I was just gonna say that that's I think their relationship will make for a very interesting continuation the next yeah. season. I'm interested to see what happens mm. there. But so I, th- I think Mel's like obsession with the Medarda legacy and like wanting to live up to the Medarda standards. I think mm. was like definitely a huge part of her motivation. So I. I know that she dislikes her mom and she doesn't agree with the methods that she uses because her mom is obviously like very brutish person. Like, like brute force is probably the way that she gets most things. Um, but I, I like how she struggles with that. Cause I mean, like we see that she's doing everything in her power to ensure that she becomes somebody who befits the Medarda standards. And I can justify a lot of what she's done yeah in that capacity but like at the same time like in doing so she also stepped on a lot of people and kind of just like snuck i mean i wouldn't say snuck her way but like manipulated a lot of people and kind of just like tried to build a world for herself that put her at the center and i don't think that's necessarily like i wouldn't call that like I don't know, like antagonistic i wouldn't say that's a bad thing i definitely would not call her an antagonist by any means but I don't know. Her motivations, I feel like, are so deep, not just, like, trying to get what she wants. It's it's even more than that. It's, like, trying to uh, make a place in the world where her family can succeed as well, like, where they already haven't. Because she says, like, she's, like, the the least wealthy Medarda or something along those lines. And it's because her mom, like, basically, like, kicked her out. Like, go, like, go over to Piltover for where all the weak people are or something like that. Right. So she's trying to show uh, her that she's strong in a way that's like not the way that her mother is. Yeah. Um, 
So I, sorry, I, I got I got lost. You said something about like stepping on people, but we should talk about Vi. Um, <laughs> so step on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I, I really enjoyed like I I, I guess I, I at the beginning like you know I was kind of like Vi, Vi kind of felt like she was there to like counterbalance Jinx, and then like. Once I think once she met um once she met Caitlin and they started to get into their into their rhythm I was like oh okay I I, I like really like this character I, I kind of see where she's coming from and like her whole deal um I think those two play off each other really well and it wasn't something that I thought about when I was introduced to the two characters separately mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah I, I don't know like I, I think that they sometimes you I mean this is obviously a much shorter example because they like basically had, like. Uh, like two episodes apart from each other and then like kind of spent the rest of the show together and like um but like i don't know sometimes it's like if you make your if you make your characters this this interesting then like literally just kind of putting them in the same room writes itself in a way Mm -hmm. um i i don't know why i'm i'm remembering this like in uh when they were talking about um uh game of thrones actually how like putting like the reason they, they kept like Arya and the Hound like traveling together for three seasons is because like putting those characters together, literally like the script wrote itself, like it just flowed so well. And then like, obviously worked so well on the screen, like um, just these two characters like clicked the right way, even though they weren't written to like have met each other and, and be together for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that those two characters really like, to me, like they, they both stood out because of how they contrasted and complemented each other. And in the same way, like I think Vi and, and Jinx also stand out in that way, like how they, they contrast and complement each other too. Like, um, uh, I, I don't want to like say some, I don't want this to be construed as mean, but like, like Vi on her own is like not like the most exciting character to me, but like pairing her with other characters and showing her relationship with them, like really like puts a lot of depth to her. Um, I don't know how to feel about that statement because I felt like she was a very empathetic character from the beginning. I didn't really like her much at the beginning because she was keeping me. She told me to stay behind while they go do their mission. No, thanks. I'm coming. I'm I like by a lot. I'm bringing my first... dumb monkey too. What? I like by a lot in the first three episodes, but I kind of started to <clears throat> dislike her with episode four. Because oh, really? I think she doesn't really look at Jinx or Powder. Um, like she doesn't really acknowledge the fact that she's changed. She tries to kind of hang on to the past and try to get the old powder back. And like yeah. I think in that process, she she kind of makes it um, the transformation to Jinx. She helps a lot in that as well. I think. I think you're probably right. I mean, like obviously it culminates with the whole like you know like I'm gonna sit in my a chair and that's my name. Don't wear it out. Like. <laughs> the thing at the end because like yeah that that is the whole thing is like rather than trying to like accept that this is a different person and like try to just like rather you know just try to connect with her her sister as this new person again like Vi is very stuck on like trying to get like powder back like who she used to be and like trying to pull on that thread like over and over and over again like just pushes her like farther and farther away and like deeper into it um and like I mean, I think there's probably a lesson to be taken from that. Like, I, I think that was that was well done, and it also made me sad. I think 
to kind of expand on that too, I don't I don't even know if it's more of her trying to get back the powder that she knew. She was just kind of stuck in that that loop of time because she remember she was taken away by the enforcers and put in jail for years. So in her head, the only thing that she knows is powder, her pow pow, you know? That's all she knows and that's all she wants to do because she has lived with this guilt of having left her sister behind she feels like she's left her sister behind and she just wants to go back and pick her up and make sure that everything's okay and when she sees jinx and and everything she's just hit with the rush of it's my sister i need to protect my sister i need to get her back home safe yeah so uh, interesting question how much of that that passion that she has for this this whole thing like the second the whole like back half of the show like how much of that is from like genuine like love like i have to save my sister and how much of it is from like guilt like i did this to her that's a good point i think is i, I feel like guilty they're, they're not, they didn't really have that many interactions i feel like after the like you know the first act because they were just separated for so much of it so i think it was hard for vi to grasp just how much she changed because i mean like she heard things from other people like she heard from echo and she heard from i guess like caitlin what uh what she did in the in piltover but uh I don't know. Like I, can't, I can't fault her for being in a period of time where she doesn't understand that she's a different person. It's not like she tried to make her be powder again. I don't feel like that was ever there was ever a conversation or a statement that was made by her that made her like make her think she had to stay powder. Because even in the end, she didn't tell her like I want you to be powder. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think that she was just doing what she knew and like just interacting with her in a way that she knew how to interact with her and. I mean, in the end, she was her sister. She still loved her regardless of who she was now. Um, that doesn't mean she doesn't need to be held accountable for the things she's done. But obviously, Jinx has a lot of her own issues. <laughs> she couldn't have, she could never have known. I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously there were signs when she was younger. Like if you see any of like the, what is it? The scene where she's like screaming and crying when they like left her um, to go try and save Vander. Like obviously there's like bits and pieces there where we can see like she's a bit unhinged. But also she was a little kid. So it's it's hard to like make that distinction. Yeah, sure. Um, but still, like I don't think that like Vi uh I don't know, I don't fault her for treating Jinx the way that she did because I don't think she tried to change her. I I don't see that at all. Yeah, I agree. And 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 one thing I I I kind of thought of too is that Jinx is very much neurodivergent. That was something that I think even the the writers the uh, character creators they mentioned that that she's a neuro neurodivergent character so they had a lot to play with there and I think they had fun with it um not only like the art style every time she had kind of one of those quote-unquote episodes right where she was screaming she was basically kind of having um you know just kind of a, a mini mental breakdown because she wasn't accepted as a kid right they always said that she was not ready she was too she's always the sm- she was the smallest of the group the tiniest of the group she was always hesitating and then you don't see her truly become herself and break out of that until the very end where most of us think she's like lost her shit right but mm-hmm. maybe it just clicks in her head right in that moment where she's like ah this is me this is who i need to be i just need to do whatever it is that i want to do and hell yeah i'm gonna shoot fish bones at piltover because screw them all and it just it and it hurts me to like see like how 
Vi interacted with her as a child because Vi wanted so badly to like make let her know that she's strong regardless of mm-hmm. what Milo says or what, what anyone else said. So like I think that like Vi, even when they were kids, she tried so hard to be a good sister to her and make sure that like she would be a strong person and somebody that could stand on her own two feet. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks that their their like relationship got short or got cut short because of the um because she went to jail and then because Silco became kind of like a guardian for Jinx and just everything that happened. So it just, it hurts my heart because I know she would have been a good sister and I know she could have helped her through all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I, I want to talk about this part because it is something I've thought about a lot. And uh, I don't know if you guys maybe have a better idea from like some of the lore, the lore of this world or whatever, what happens, but like, um like the very the very last scene which is like fucking fantastically shot or not shot animated whatever the fuck but like um where she like fires the missile at the council chamber like i i genuinely like don't know what is gonna happen there like i i can't believe that all of the characters there are gonna die it seems like (laughs) it wouldn't be a good show after that I think at least knowing some of the lore i can say like at least some of them are not going to die yeah that's what i figured like um or um you know i i i figured like some i'm probably gonna lose somebody though um but yeah i I don't know like i'm i'm interested to see that and i'm also interested to see like where they where they go from from there like with like you know vi seeing like she was like unable to 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 like save powder and like jinx is here to stay and stuff like that like I'm, i'm curious if vi continues her crusade to like get jinx back or if they are like you know in some way like enemies now or if she just has given up entirely i don't know yeah that's fair because that could be like the definitive cutoff for vise like you just killed someone you attempted to to you know you tried to kill everybody <laughs> like the people that are in charge of piltover which you know i think a, a part of vi feels the same way right because she grew up she's a, a child of zondu um and the enforcers took her family away you know they ripped her family apart to begin with and it's, it's happening again um and i i think it's going to be very interesting to see if maybe caitlin is the one that kind of pushes her to piltover side which i think yes they could happen yeah that's that's a great that's a great idea i think that might be what it is also let me well sorry let me say this before i like completely forget it i think my literal only like note uh like negative note for this entire show is that i think that they did not spend enough time building uh a relationship as as like friends for like jace and caitlin for them to like put the magnitude on it that they do in the show Mm -hmm. Because they have three scenes together, and two of them are very antagonistic. And there's only one, like, scene where they're actually shown being friends at the beginning of the show. They've got two scenes, I would say. Like, one when she was a child, and then the other one when she's an adult and an enforcer, and they kind of have that, like, sibling-esque, yeah, progress day, sibling-esque interaction. Yeah, and but even that one's only, like, a few minutes long, you know what I mean? It's just, like, I don't know, I feel like the... I don't know. I, I feel like they should have they should have just put a little bit more time into it. Like I I, I would have liked to see those characters interact more, and mm. especially with the you know like oh this is like my best friend or whatever. Like, are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> I think Caitlyn in general, outside of the Caitlyn Vi relationship, is a bit underdeveloped. Um, like there's yeah. something there. They definitely show some things about her, 
But mm-hmm. I, that's one character that I really want to see more from in the next season. Yeah, and that might even consist of her being like without, like you know, doing her own stuff like without Vi for some time also, which would probably be good for her character mm-hmm. to develop out a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she becomes like, like the sheriff of Piltovers, like at least as far as I understand the lore. She's so, like her and Vi are partners in the like in the in the police force. Um, so I, I'm assuming next season they're probably going to like fall into that role in some way. Uh, does Vi does Vi join the police? She does. <laughs> yeah. That so like sound right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like given how much like they show her to hate Piltover, like it. it I get it. It's, like, it's going to be weird. Has to have a, a hand in that. Like, hey, you want to come join me? We can be with each other all the time. You know? That feels like something that they may do something slightly different with. Like, I can, of course, yeah. like, Caitlin being the sheriff makes sense. But, like, yeah. maybe just, like, Vi being, like, a fucking vigilante working with her makes more sense. You know what <laughs> so I what mean? What I'm scared of is, like, with the end scene for this, for the season, like, if jinx like i mean not if she clearly is shooting and trying to kill everybody like in the council but like the piltover is going to respond really poorly to that because like everybody everybody that was in that room everybody that was in that room had decided okay we're gonna let zon have independence how do you think their minds are going to change after they get fucking bombed by jinx like (laughs) i'm just i'm so scared for the undercity at that point because i know it's gonna go it's like they're gonna fuck people in the undercity so bad you know but maybe that's why vi decides to join the police force so that she's the voice of zon you know yeah, I think we could see that. Like maybe to try maybe. and sway them from you know being complete dickholes to yeah. people in the fisher. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of worried. I could also see her joining the police force just as formality, so she can mm-hmm. do the things she wants to do without being like opposed by the police force because she's one of them now. Yeah, it also mm-hmm. does give us the opportunity for her to be like turning your gun and your badge, and then like Vice <laughs> to like turn in her stuff, and then she's like goes rogue. You know, and it's the mm-hmm. only way to set to stop the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're off. You're off the. You you you're a loose chain. <laughs> you know, like that whole thing. I don't yeah. know. That could be fun. Vigilante um, justice. I feel like befits her more, but given the league yeah. lore, I don't know how much they're going to deviate from it. Uh, I feel like they'll probably try to follow the tone of the show more than the lore if they if they need to. I hope choose. so. I really hope so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, I'd like to, I'd like to see that, and then oh fucking um, hey, r- pour one out for like those those two fucking kids whose names I forgot who die at the beginning. <laughs> Milo and Clagger. Oh yeah, Milo and Clagger, dude. Okay, so like the way that they do the not the flashbacks, but like Jinx's moments, like where she sees them and like in her mind. Yeah, she's oh man, that's, fu- that's that scary hurts. shit. Dude. It's fucking terrifying every time they make like dead milo flash into the scene or something it's so scary (laughs) um okay just like being conscious of of time we got like 10 minutes left i do want to talk about of course we got to talk about it the fucking bridge scene um because like i think that like i just i I think about it and i think about it i've rewatched that scene many times you mean the echo jinx scene specifically okay good 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 good. like and i i i genuinely think that might be the best scene in animated history i can agree 100 i maintain i have never seen any scene in animation just like that engaging and that beautiful it was just it was so good i I think about it every day one qualm i have about it though is that the audio mixing could have been done a lot better for that scene um because i feel like like yes the music wasn't loud enough no it was too loud (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) 
<laughs> like I, I can understand like hey yeah you're at home you can lower the, the audio in, on your own but like just having it kind of blast it, it took a little bit away from the actual visuals of, of the of the scene itself nah, the guy was grooving that. dude Fuck I, mean, I was <laughs> same time like the i feel like the main focus of that yes the music really did was it was a great compliment but i think the focus should be on the actual fight scene itself because for those mm-hmm. people that you know they have no idea of who echo is what his abilities are you could easily miss it i also yep. still I mean, don't think i know <laughs> so i mean because like when he has some time shit yeah i mean kind of i mean but not yet uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he had like a stopwatch and like I don't know. It was a motif trying to like tease us, but yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, exactly. I um, think I, I think I know what you mean and that the music sounds like very loud, but I think it also helps like in the moment where they like push from like it's them as children fighting to like yeah. actual real life fighting because when they actually fight, the music stops. There's nothing. It's oh, very yeah. eerie in that way. And I think that that contrasts each other really well in that scene. That makes sense. That is true. But yeah, I think regardless, like, I, I can get the music being too loud in the beginning, but it's still, I, I, no, it's dude, crank it up. I don't care. Personal, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. Like, again, like, the music is a really important part, I think, of, of the show itself, too. And, um, man, like, Enemy, I've, I've had that on repeat for like Bro. since, since release. I kid you not. It's all uh, I listen to at work. <laughs> Just the one song? Well, no, the, this, the, uh, album. Oh, the album's called that, that too. Yeah. I have the album on Spotify. I don't. I didn't I know if it was called that, but um, yeah, I've I've listened through that a few times. Yeah, I've I listened to it multiple times. The I think the Misfit Toys one is my favorite song oh, on yeah. there. That one's really really. Good. My favorite I one really is like the Playground. Echo Fight one. Yeah, Echo Fight yeah. one is a really good song. Um, and then Sting is there also. Thing <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is, Playground is the song that they use when they go, like when the kids first go into the underground, and that mm-hmm. scene sticks with me, like because of the mm-hmm. music. So I fucking yeah. love that song. That's a really good song. Again, it was a little overly mixed, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, I think I don't listen. I don't listen too deeply to like music. If I like it, I like it. So I, I don't really think too deeply into it. In my, in yeah. I guess my defense. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I think the first like there was one episode. I think it might have been the second episode where the the like they they played some song that I thought like just didn't like match the mood very well. Oh, it was the like two lovers song. It was like Maybe. bourbon fountain. Bourbon fountain. I think so. I think or, I don't right. think that's what it's called, but it's they say something about a, love is a bourbon fountain. Yeah, I think it's I called Oh Love. I, I just yeah, felt like that. Love. Yeah, I, I feel like that one didn't match like the mood very well. But like outside of that, I think they point. use like the 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 like you know the the whatever pop music kind of stuff like really well. well. I don't know because I feel like the song was supposed to like be like. About maybe about the love that like Vander has for like his kids and mine. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not like that. I just felt like the like the the energy of the music didn't match what was like happening on this on the screen. That's fair. It's like the idea. Yeah, I guess because it wasn't really a somber song. I mean, it's yeah. kind of slow, but it wasn't somber. And at that moment, I get that it was more of a sombra. But like n- sombra, yeah, sombra. sombra was there. Um, <laughs> In the shadows. I would love that. You've been hacked. <laughs> um, Apaganda las luces. Luches. It's, it's <laughs> las luces. Um, okay, but anyway, um, I do have a t-shirt that says that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I guess, like, um, sort of starting to to wrap up, um, what are what are some things you guys want to see, like, specifically in, in season two? Like, are you, you're hoping will, not not maybe not even specific events, but, like, I want to see what would happen if, if, if it goes this way or this way. 
I just want my glorious revolution, my guy. I'm sorry. True. I just want it. I just the revolution will come. I want to see him be powerful and strong and just yes. fuck Jace up. Yes, please. You think he's going to fuck Jace up? I think him and Jace are going to fight. It's going to happen. They have to. I think they will. No, I think they will. I think they will fight, but I don't think they're going to be like antagonistic for a long time yeah. i guess like I, I can see them like coming well, to like a heated like mo- like moment of passion fight those. if you know like, the lore you know that is, is am well, i if am you I, know the lore am i spoiling spoil it, it spoil it <laughs> okay so jace basically does something that kicks victor out of the academy and he's forced back in his on and that's when his whole glorious revolution takes place so Jace and Victor are going to have bad blood and I don't think it's ever going to be resolved. I think there's always going to be a hint of that like brotherhood and friendship, you know, there, but there's just going to be too much bad blood for them to come back together and just be cooperative. It's going to take a, a really big thing. Like a big missile aimed at a chamber. <laughs> I just cannot wait until they are homo- homoerotically fighting each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That is what I cannot wait for. Some, like, big, big weapons. Yeah. I personally can't wait to see if um, Warwick is Vander. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that he what? is at this point, but I think Vander yeah. is Warwick. Wait, who's Warwick again? Um, big werewolf guy in the game. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Um, he's a, he's the worst you. jungler you can ever play against. I swear. Well, besides Switch. <laughs> I, again, none of the words mean anything. I need you to look up Warwick right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's all, I'm always jungling in the bot lane. Um, <laughs> Warwick League of Legends. Let's see. Um, they, they just showed me a pic- bunch of pictures of Vander. <laughs> Go to the wiki. Go to the wiki for Warwick. Okay. <laughs> the people have decided. Yeah, people have made it true. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Big spooky. Um, the, yeah, uh, even in here, it's just, yeah. Okay, so anyway, it's a werewolf. Warwick is a monster who hunts the gray alleys of Zaun. Transformed by agonizing experiments, his body is fused with an intricate system of chambers and pumps, machinery, filling his veins with alchemical rage. I, I would wonder why we haven't seen him yet, because it's been years since the explosion. You know what I mean? Like True. But Singe still does have still has Rio, so True. Mm-hmm. Rio is in a K or not a KJ uh, pool thing. Yeah. It's a little like lizard tube. thing. The in the, into a lizard in a lizard tube, yeah, where yeah. I often find myself. Damn, I would love to just spend a couple minutes in a lizard tube. Honestly. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, if I've got some oxygen like hooked up to me, if I just like float in the water in my lizard tube, I'd be happy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I listen. This is where we're gonna have to part ways. I don't. I don't want to get you underestimate the amount of pain I am in like almost every day. <laughs> I would love to just lay in the water. Also, really quick to kind of uh, continue on with like the whole theory. Um, there is part of his lore where it says the chemicals being pumped into Warwick every time he smells blood, as well as singed experimentation, have taken a heavy toll on his psyche. He remembers Aww. little of his former life. Sometimes recalling a hurt little girl implied to be Jinx. He says, "You were there," or "Let me forget." And apparently, <laughs> knowing Vi before she decided to go to Piltover, saying Zon needed you. So. Uh, it's him. It's him. It's Vander. Unfortunate. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Also, last last thing: Are they gonna 
are uh, are are Vi and Caitlin gonna you know yes just, like kiss yes, yes. Kiss? please if they don't if they don't we're gonna have to what a tease it. I feel like the league writers have wanted it for years or at least like the big ones for for Vi and Caitlin mm-hmm. since their creation so. yeah. I'm just like imagining like Alyssa like leaning into the TV like now kiss. <laughs> no, but listen, their relationship, their relationship already is very intimate. Like they didn't it have is. to kiss for it, it to is. be intimate. No, I know. It's I was making a joke. Like, yeah, no, I know. The small touches uh, me enough. But as as far as them like getting together in some sort of capacity, like officially, you know what I mean? Like them being being together, is that something that you think is going to happen? I think it will. Yeah. I think they've had so much buildup they can't not. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm interested to see. I think I think they make a good team. Um, was the fucking like your hot cupcake? Yeah, dude. <laughs> your but, hot yeah. cupcake. <laughs> Shoves against wall. Oh, such a good scene. <laughs> it's almost too good. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah. Does anyone want to throw out any last thoughts while we kind of wrap up here? Uh, I'm very excited to see more of Singed because I think. With the Warwick storyline that's going to be in season two, with Victor, and just in general now that Circle is gone, I think Singed could be a big new antagonist for the new season. Oh yeah, and I, also I they, was... they tease something with his daughter at the very end. Is his daughter also... Ori- is his daughter Oriana? I've seen that theory, but I'm not sure. But he definitely holds a that, picture. Now that's not the lizard, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think he's going to be a big role in the next season, and I'm excited for that. Okay. I, I, I noted, just again, as a person who knows nothing about this, like, it was weird that Singe was was given so much weight in the plot, being that he was only in two scenes. And I was like, this is, it's very obvious they're setting him up to have a much larger part, like, in the next bit. Like, you, you don't do, that's not, like, how you write a, a show, you know? You, don't, you just, like, have somebody show up for two scenes like that, and have their their actions have like gigantic weight on the entire plot and then not bring them back so yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what he does but yeah he could, i could see him being the villain for sure um or um you know maybe uh fucking um what's her face like maybe the i i, I can see that the uh mel's mom becoming more of like an antagonist to to like the country as a whole like um you know kind of like trying to edge her way in and stuff like that too so from the political storyline standpoint. And you don't know anything about Noxus either, so that's going to be really interesting. I think Is that the guy from Final yeah. Fantasy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Noxus is where, at least where uh, Mel's mom is from. I think that they have roots in the Solari people, but... I've been saying that for years. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I think... Okay, so in the, in the last scene of the show, like Mel has that moment like where the thing on her back flashes, and I'm not entirely sure what that's going to do. But I think it's going to save at least some of them. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, it, I mean, if it, if it saves anyone, she'll save her own daughter, I'm sure. But like, No, 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 Mel. Not Mel's mom. Oh, no, not Mel. What, what, what's on her back? I, I, I'll have to rewatch that scene. I don't yeah. remember that. She has, like, shimmery, like, gold stuff on her skin. I don't... It, I don't know. It looks kind of like a tattoo, but I don't... Is she, is she a character from the game, too? No. 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 Hmm. Maybe she will be. And have the power to so. not die in an explosion. I think they're putting Silco in TFT, aren't they? Yeah, yes. they are. TFT is going to gain Silco. Okay, interesting. That that might be where she ends up to then. Um, okay, cool. Well, thank you guys for for joining us. I do have to run to Spider Man. Um, gonna Alyssa, did you get that ticket? We did. We got tickets. We're gonna go at like nine forty five. Hey, fuck yeah! Let's um, go. <laughs> let's go. All right, this better be the best fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Same. <laughs> 
thank you guys for joining us too. Yeah. I know it was a little, I mean it was kind of last minute, but it was a little bit. Like yeah. we just I, I was like we can't go like three weeks without putting out any content. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, things things have been hectic. I just started a new job this week and and it's like been been crazy. We had a fucking Christmas party today that lasted four hours and I was like oh so tired. God, <laughs> I would have been there for one hour and left. That's just me though. Some people did. And you know what? They didn't get a cool thing at the a coupon at the end for two hours off of work everybody got if you stayed for the whole party. <laughs> four hours for, for two free hours? Well, okay. no, the party was fun though also. Okay, okay. that's fair. Yeah, it was just very tiring because we had to keep playing games like oh, Christmas okay. games. Yeah. Uh, our team lost. Anyway. <laughs> Much um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a team naughty and a team nice and i unfortunately drew team nice and we did lose we got fucking throttled by team i also naughty. i also want to say quickly i fucking hate heimerdinger uh, I, oh, I'm, okay. on the fence. I'm on the fence i'm on the fence i like him i fucking hate heimerdinger motherfucker's 300 years old and he let a whole bunch of bad shit happen for the undercity you know that is very true he did do that yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's overthrow him. The revolution <laughs> will begin. Glorious revolution. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, and like I said, if anyone um is looking out for us, we'll probably be back. I think first week of January to regular schedule. So keep an eye out, and uh, we'll see you then. All right. Cool. Bye. 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 Bye.